Welcome to Binge Watch with us. That's Pickles. And that's Lisa. And this week we binge watched um, season three of American Horror Story Coven. Yay! Lots of witches, lots of ghosts. Lots of CV Nicks. Lots, a lot of CV Nicks. She looks really good. I know that's makeup and shading and fuzzy effects on the camera, but I thought, I still think she looks pretty good. Jessica Lang looked really good, too. She had some really smooth skin. She's the bravest woman I know. Why do you say that? I know. And people are going to be like, really? For real? The bravest? Because, like, she... In every episode, I feel like she... Um... You know, she goes down to, like, the nitty-gritty. Like, in this one, she has, like, no hair. She's got all that stuff on. No makeup look and all that stuff. And I'm just like... I, I can barely be without makeup in front of my boyfriend. I have makeup on right now just to be on Skype. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I do have my mask, not my mascara, but my eyeliner and my, and my mascara. But I'm just like, honey, I mean, like the thinning hair and everything. And I'm just, yeah. that's brave. Yeah, but Stevie Nicks did look really good. And as a woman who's touching 50, I seriously worry about losing my hair. Mine has been falling out like crazy like the last couple weeks. Uh-huh. I just started taking collagen. Mm-hmm. And it did make my hair, I feel like my hair grew like an inch in a week, mm-hmm. but it's also falling out everywhere, so <laughs> I don't know if I should keep taking it or not. <laughs> Email your answers to pinchwatchwithus right? <laughs> yeah. at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure people are like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Um, but yes, so I, I there's lots of Stevie, and you know I love Jessica Lang. I know. She's going to be in the next episode of an hour and a half of Apocalypse. Oh, really? I didn't know it was that long. It's an hour and a half. It's directed by Sarah Paulson. Yes. Yes, I love her. And I just don't know her name. And um, yeah, Jessica Lange is in this episode. It's been confirmed. So, because we're at Murder House. Yes, they're going back to Murder House, so she's so, probably playing the character from season one. Constance. Constance, yes, thank you. Yes, so, again, if you okay. binge watch season three with us, you you now know that every season is a standalone story, and this story is about, um, obviously, a coven of witches, and it takes place in Miss Robichaux's Finishing Academy? Nope, Miss Robichaux's Academy for Exceptional Young Ladies. Did you know that literally half of my family is Robichaux? I'm not surprised. Well, I think I did know that. Because you said your one side is French. Yeah. Right? So the the largest, my, my in-laws, the bigger side of my in-laws family oh, is right. French. It took me about three <clears throat> weeks to be able to remember how to spell Robichaux from writing it on... on uh, invitations over and over it's really hard to spell well yeah because because you think it's like r-o-b-o nope you're wrong already (laughs) you know c-h-w and it's like r-o-b-i-c-h-o-u-x yeah or my family is a-u-x and you should know that because you live in new orleans so yeah yeah show is going to be all wonky with a u-x in it put all kinds of letters in there that you don't need. Welcome to New Orleans. Unfortunately, my in-laws are not a coven of witches. Have you asked? Have you asked? No, I have not. However, I, I think, think it should. would be cool as shit if they wore as much black as we see in this show. 
<laughs> Why don't the Robichauds I know wear black like that? I want to do away all my wardrobe and dress like the witches in more black. Because as you know, I do have at least one pink top. Yes. You wear that on Wednesdays. Yes. <laughs> we're both we're both wearing black right now. Right now. Actually, mine is a dark charcoal gray. Mm. It's a my favorite murder shirt. But yeah, pretty much 24-7, I wear black. Yeah, literally half my closet's black. <laughs> At least. Um, but they wear some really great outfits in this. There are some really great outfits in this show. Not as great. I'm not going to put it up there with Riverdale fashion. Oh, that's controversial. Hmm. No, because you know, you know what the the what the outfits that distracted me the most were Queenies, and Queenie has some bad outfits in this show. I feel so bad for her, and it's what? not because she's a large woman, which I do feel bad for because I know how much how many pain pains and joint problems and stuff she probably has. Of course, she is young, so she might be okay. But anyways, just the outfits they put her in, like you said, like she's wearing like leggings and like shirts that are almost insanely too tight they did not dress her well like i was like put the girl obviously it's winter there because as you notice people are wearing like furs and all this other crap and you could not have worn that in summer in new orleans you would have died yeah so i'm like give my girl like a baggy sweater give her a baggy long sleeve top like something that doesn't look like she's about to suffocate yeah it's it's not so much like you have to give her something baggy to like cover her up. It's that literally it seems like the clothes just did not yeah. fit her well. Well, and that's what, I guess that's what I mean by baggy. It's like to have a little bit of give to it so not right. every single everything shows up on you. Give her a poncho. I have two. No, and you I, have to put big girls in ponchos. I'm wearing ponchos this whole entire winter season. It's going to be 40-something effing degrees here tomorrow. I'm wearing my poncho and my turtleneck. And nice. leggings and boots. And that's it. And that's all they're going to see me in this whole winter season. I've already told everybody. I'm getting different colored shirts to wear underneath the two ponchos I have. So Real pants go out the door. It's just fleece line leggings from here on out. Fleece line. I know, and I got some boots on Amazon that are coming that come up to the knee. Ooh, sexy. Yeah. Right? Don't <laughs> care. I, I want... Because last year I froze to death here even though I have really great jackets and all that stuff but i'm just not used to being outside for that long unless i'm walking a dog or something so or even that cold probably it's, yeah it's, it gets pretty bitingly cold here um it's not as bad as new orleans because new orleans when it's cold and you get all that wind and it's just like cuts through you it's cold wet wind for, yeah here it's cold months. cold dry wind yeah, yeah. for a month I think they did New Orleans really well in this show. Not a lot of shows do it no. right, and mm -hmm. they did do it right. The accents were pretty good. Mm. Even Kyle's character, uh, Evan Peters' character, now he's from the Ninth Ward. Sorry, probably not going to have a blonde boy who ends up going to, um, I guess it was UNO or Tulane? I think it was Tulane because it looked like it was an uptown campus. So it's like Tulane or um, UNO doesn't have an uptown campus, I don't think. I, I don't even know. But his accent was pretty good. Um, it was. It was just was. the right amount of, it's sort of New York, but not. Yes. Because that's yes. what, believe it or not, that's what a lot of New Orleans sounds like. It's sort of New York, sort of Boston, but not really. Mm-hmm. Well, and we talked about this the other day. Like, you have a West Bankian accent. 
Yes, yeah, so different different parts of New Orleans have different accents. So I'm from outside of New Orleans, and um, I have a yat accent. That's 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 what. And my called. boyfriend is a Chalmation, which yeah. is he's from which is another suburb. <laughs> yeah, sort of from outside New Orleans, sort of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> And that's a whole other that's accent. That's a whole other accent. Even though they sound similar, if you haven't been in New Orleans a lot or lived there for 20 plus years like I did, you would be like, they sound like they're from New Orleans or New York or whatever, but... See, I don't think so. I don't think people from Metairie sound anything like people from Where they're too proper. But, I mean, I think, I think tourists or people not familiar with New Orleans accents would be like, y'all are from New Orleans, and not be like, you're from the West Bank and he's a Chalmation. Oh, absolutely not. Here's the thing, though. We don't sound like Matthew McConaughey. Stop that. <laughs> That's not how we talk. Having said that, and I did think a lot of the accents were really good, I thought Marie Laveau and Madame LaLaurie's accents were way off. Yes. So many confusing things about Madame Lalaurie. Okay, first of all, let's get into let's get into just her because that's where the show starts, right? Yes, which is the part you could never get through for years. Could not get past that. Not years, but I couldn't get past those first few scenes of uh, Madame Lalaurie in her mansion, which um, I actually took a note on this. This it her mansion is at. Um, 1140 Royal Street, Street. Mm-hmm. which is in the French Quarter. Um, you and I and my mom went on a ghost tour in we the did. French Quarter. And mm-hmm. part of this, the tour stops outside of the LaLaurie Mansion. Mm-hmm. You cannot go in it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the current owners actually kind of hate the notoriety that the house has. They shouldn't have bought it. How about that? Yeah, that's true. Uh, but they <laughs> they bought it from Nick Cage. So yes, for like a song. Like it was cheap, cheap, cheap. He was trying to get the hell out of New Orleans. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, so they bought it from Nick Cage. Yeah, they got it for a steal. And now they're pissed off that there are um, like ghost tours and murder tours outside of their house. Eh, you know. You live in the quarter. Sorry, there's shit you're going to have to deal with that you don't like. I mean, this is my thing. I want to know who bought it. I'm assuming they're not locals at all because they would know. I mean, there's notoriety with that house. What and you're like you said, you're in the quarter. What the hell did you think was going to happen? Just the fact that it was Nick's Nick Cage's house is scary enough. Like, what went on when he was there? Can you? I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But yeah, know. so I knew of the story of you know the past that the house had of. Uh, Madame LaLaurie um, tormenting her slaves in the attic and she would throw lots mm-hmm. of parties to cover up the screaming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think what bothered me was like the the bull part where they kept like where they would put the bull head on. on. Yeah. I didn't like that's, that. That's pretty gruesome. I mean that's a pretty gruesome I can't. Mm-mm. So throughout can't. the show yeah I feel like Kathy Bates has quite a few accents during the show. <laughs> Sometimes it's uh, Southern. Sometimes it's French. Sometimes, sometimes it's Boston. Yeah. Which is strange because in Freak Show, I love her accent. P- spot on. Which is season spot four, on. right? Yes. Yeah. Which I almost started watching immediately after season Well, yeah, three. it started playing um, when I finished season three. Um, her, her, so her storyline is super confusing, too, because they show her coming... She says that she left France to mm-hmm. m- to move to New Orleans, and she mm-hmm. moved into the house. 
Mm-hmm. And in that scene, she has a New Orleans accent. So it's like, mm-hmm. why don't you have a French accent then? You should have a French accent through the whole show if that's where you came from. And then even at the end of the show, she starts singing like, mm. a, like a Southern Dixie Pride song. Yes. yes. But if you're from France, the fuck you care about Dixie Pride, you know? I mean, well, and she she would have at the time, I believe. I'm not a New Orleans history buff, but I believe at the time she would not. She would she'd spoken French until she got there, and she would have had a French accent even if she's from there because the white um, population at that time, you know, it was owned Very by France, French. It was owned by yeah. Spain. It's she probably could have continued speaking French here French. throughout her whole life mm. and would have been fine. Or the barely, but again, they should have given her a strict French accent. Maybe with a hint of a southern twang, but it should have been very heavily French. Same with Marie Laveau. I think Marie Laveau should have had a French accent. Oh, she absolutely spoke French, yeah. Also, guys, I just want to remind everybody, we don't research any of this, so... (laughs) No, this is just what we know from her living there 30 years and me living there like 20-something years. Yeah, we're just making this up as we go along. Listen, we can tell you all kinds of bullshit stuff about New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, though, watching this and then watching Breezes last week um, in the Saints game, I am so homesick right now. I could die. Yeah, could Drew Brees just broke a, a, an die. all-time passing record. Yeah. yeah. I, I was so, really surprised by how emotional everybody was about that. I don't know. I guess I just wasn't surprised by it. So I well, wasn't very emotional be. about it. Well, you I'm, know. Also, I'm also on antidepressants, but so I don't really get emotional about anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, pro- <laughs> the problem is, is you were still a baby when Katrina hit, and you don't, I don't think you really get that whole connection. No, I absolutely do. Do I you? Was, yeah, okay. I was, uh, I think, think in my, around 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I do, but... I mean, I just remember them coming back to the Dome, and I was in Florida, and I just bawled. I was at a bar somewhere watching the game, and I was just crying like you my drinking? father died. No. Oh, I was going to say that could explain the crying. No, I didn't drink a lot even after Katrina, because I just knew it would send me completely over the edge, mm-hmm. and I would be a blubbering mess, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't drink. Anyways, that's me completely <laughs> anyway. off topic. <laughs> Who cares what happens to Coven? Let's talk about New Orleans. Yeah, back to torturing slaves and addicts. <laughs> but putting that bullhead on that dude, if that was in the summertime yep. and the attic, oh my God, it made me want to vomit. Stinky, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, that, that whole area was probably really... But you know what? I bet all... Look, New Orleans smells now. <laughs> it smells like goodness and sunshine. No, it doesn't. It smells like alcohol and vomit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And back then they had like shit and piss all over the streets. Yeah, they would just open their windows and throw piss out the windows. So, that, so yeah, so maybe nobody would have noticed the smells. But anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Marie Laveau gets her, gets her, um, her revenge on um, Delphine by making mm-hmm. her immortal. <laughs> LOL. I'm trying to remember if it's lore. It must be lore that did an episode on uh, Madame LaLaurie. Did they? Uh, no, 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 no. Lore did an episode on uh, Marie Laveau. I think it was lore. And it was a really good episode. It explained why people thought she was sort of immortal. Apparently, 
Um, she aged really well, and she had a daughter who looked almost identical to her, and then mm-hmm. she had a daughter who looked almost identical to her. Mm-hmm. So, and they just kept passing the name down and kind of built mm-hmm. up this this like men do. Sure, they had. She did a lot of seances and rituals down by the lakefront and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really good episode. I'm pretty sure it's lore. But here's the thing about lore. Who knows what that episode was called because he never labels them the right way. Right. Well, you can Google it. I uh, guess. Marie Laveau lore and see sure. what it comes it's up. It's a really good episode. Mm-hmm. She's got a really good history. She played She played a big part in um, a lot of the politics in New Orleans at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people wouldn't even run for political positions in New Orleans without having her blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they would go to her before they ran and get their blessings from her. Mm-hmm. to ensure that they would win. And part of me is like, you know, I'm very cynical about everything. And I'm like, was she just a charlatan and these people just fell for whatever she said? Fucking absolutely. She was probably <laughs> the smartest person in the whole goddamn town. Yeah, which and is just saying a lot. all these white people for all the money mm-hmm. they had. Uh-huh. Yes. <clears throat> you know, she was like a fashion item, like having a Birkin bag or whatever. They were like, Brie Laveau was at, you know... Cindy Robichaud's house. Oh, sorry. That is that Cindy's name? Yeah, I do. Actually, there is actually Cindy Robichaud in my house, but that's okay. She's not going to listen to this. So, I mean, in my family, she's not going to listen to this. You know, it's like, oh, she had her at her house, and she said that she predicted, you know, Sue Ellen was going to get married in a month, and she's getting married in a month, you yeah. know, or something like that. So it's like we have to have her at our party for whatever. Oh, absolutely. Our, yeah, and you then, know, and women's then, you night know, or. You know, Whatever. like, uh, when they were, like, when the whole immortality thing started, like, the original Marie Laveau is, like, standing behind a wall while her daughter is sitting there pretending to be her, and she's just <laughs> laughing her ass off, like, these dumb white people. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the, the coven a little bit. Bunch of white women. <laughs> Blonde white women. I really, I, mean, I noticed that in the last episode. I'm like, God damn, Queenie is the only one with some color in that house. I mean, it is a white only, uh, especially at, in the beginning of the show. If I, it, even though Queenie's there, I feel like it's a very white only. Well, the house, house itself, the, the house itself is completely whitewashed, which gives it a really weird feeling. But a, a lot of the rental properties I had, especially uptown in New Orleans. The houses were all painted white, and some of my friends' houses, their houses are painted white like that. I wonder and if they, they actually like filmed that. on location here in New Orleans for the house. I think they had to. I think they rented out that house and stayed there. I really think, for the most part, they had to. Um, um, you know. Well, we're, we're introduced to the coven through Zoe. Um, Zoe mm-hmm. has the shittiest power a witch could ever have. <laughs> The worst. This poor girl's witch power is that she can kill guys by having sex with them. Terrible. That's so depressing. Well, and I, like, I was watching it again, you know, for the podcast and just really paying attention this time. And I was, I thought the same thing. I thought, and then they send her to the Miss Robichaud thing. Like, why? Okay, just don't have sex with anybody. Like, you're not going to ever cure that if that's really your superpower. I don't know how you would know how to harness that. I don't know. I, right. Yeah. A condom? You, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Get her tubes tied? It just seems very... She, well, and she only uses her power twice in the whole season. She kills that <gasps> yeah. one first guy, and then she kills another fraternity guy. That's about it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we meet Queenie, who is a human voodoo doll. I love her. I really do love that actress. I, I, I don't know. Something about her, I just, I really love her. She's really good. There were times in the show where I'm like, no, maybe Queenie's power is the dumbest power. Which, <laughs> because there's one scene where they are torturing the creepy butler. Yes. They have him tied to a chair and they're in the same room and Queenie takes a heated spatula and puts it on her face to torture the butler who's three feet from her. And I'm like, why didn't you just put the spatula on his face? Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing, but I guess it's for the later on the story. That's why that's her main power. I don't know. know, Um, The greatest power, though, I think is Madison Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Who I'm assuming mm-hmm. is supposed to be like a Lindsay Lohan, Miley Cyrus kind of character. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like she was like a childhood, very young, maybe not a childhood, but like a preteen actress. Yeah. Who then, or like a Macaulay Culkin, um, who then went on, you know, benders and drugs and, you know, parties and all this stuff. And then is like... We don't know what to do with her because she kills a director or somebody by making a, uh, a sage light fall on them. Yeah, so she has telekinesis. She can mm-hmm. move objects with her mind. Mm-hmm. And then there's, what's the other girl's name? Misty Day? No, no, no. The other girl <laughs> in the house. She's obsessed with the, the neighbor. Oh, um, Nan. Nan. Nan um, is a mind reader. I definitely would not ever want to have that power. That no. seems super annoying. Well, she even says one time, she's like, you think too loud. Like, she can't shut it off. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, oh, God, you'd never have a mo- I have enough voices in my head. Ugh, I don't need other people's <laughs> negative thoughts about me in my head. I have, I have plenty of my own. Yes. You think that being at a school for witches, like, maybe somebody would teach her how to control that? No, there is no curriculum at this place at all. Did you ever see him take a class? No, it's a free-for-all the whole time. I was like, I've never even seen him, like, read or study or anything. All they do is get more power, and they don't know how to harness it. Maybe we were expecting, like, Hogwarts-level education. Yes. I want them to take their owls and... Books. Um, they have <laughs> Professors. To, yeah, professors. They have to, like, get school supplies and stuff. Yes. Where do they go for school supplies? Most of the time, these girls didn't even fucking come home. And, like, nobody even missed them. Like That was my thing, too. Because I was like, if you're, like, at a finishing school or young lady school, I'm sure you need to be home by curfew, which I'm, I'm assuming is... Seven or eight o'clock, or maybe nine on the weekends, or something ridiculous. Nope. And like you said, they just came and gone that they went. Queenie went. Everybody's like, oh, she's gone. <laughs> it's like nobody seemed to care where these girls were going. No, there was no oversight in the house at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. E- even when they got an immortal maid, uh, even she would go <laughs> miss sometimes. She's it's Kathy Bates. Like she's not a small yeah. person. How did you notice? <laughs> that? Like you didn't notice she was gone from the house. Well, then at one time, um, Cornelia's like the doorbell's ringing, and she's like, "Where's all the help?" And I'm like, "Girl, you ain't notice it. You only have two. Right? There's only like less than ten people in the house. How are you? Like, where did everybody go? One of them's been dead for like episodes. Yeah, and she's like upset about it." Yeah. Is that when she was blind, though? So maybe I'm being too hard on her. 
Yeah, but she's blind. Who dressed her? Who helped her go to the bathroom? Who made her breakfast? Like, she's a witch. She knows where to pee. I don't know. I'm just snowballing here. What's so so? As the show goes on, we try to find out who the next supreme is. And I'm sorry. Every single time I say the word supreme or I hear the word supreme, I only think of Taco Bell, a taco supreme. And I'm about to start my diet, and it's just. I'm glad, oh, I'm glad that I finished God. the show before I start my diet because I would definitely be – I had Taco Bell this weekend. Actually, it's probably because I kept hearing the word supreme the whole time. This is based on making – Oh, Ugh. whatever. Taco Bell's not that bad. Yes, it is. <laughs> so as the show goes on, they start to develop more powers. What power would you want to have? None of them. No. Um. <laughs> You're going to make up your own? Yes, I'm going to make up my own. There's parts of the powers like I like, like I like, um, I don't know the name of it, but they do it in the Seven Wonders or before that where you can like, you're in one spot and you'd be in another spot. Oh yeah. Oh, I forget what that's called. I forget what that's called, but it's like you can just teleport. Teleport. Yeah. So you're downstairs and now you're upstairs and now you're here. Just because of me, it's more of like a safety thing. Like... Yeah. If I sense danger, then I can go somewhere else, and I'm done. Yeah, you could just blip out of. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the same, which is why I wanted, when we talked about it the other day, like, voodoo uh, doll. Because, again, they can stab you. They can try to hurt you or whatever, and it just... Goes right back it, on them. It goes right back on them, which I kind of like as a revenge kind of thing. But, um, I don't know. It just seems... They all seem like really big burdens. Pyrokinesis seems kind of cool, being able to light stuff on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like in your, if you're in your big tub and you have candles you forgot to lit, it's very helpful. Well, when Madison first started doing that, um, later on in the episode, she lights a cigarette with her pyrokinesis. And I thought, oh, that would be handy if I still smoked. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. A lot of them just seem more like a pain in the ass than anything else. But I think a lot of them, I feel like, are def- or a few of them are defense spells, powers. Like, you know, somebody came after, was it Jessica Lang? And she just, like, flicked her hand and they went flying across the room and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that, too. (laughs) I I just want everybody to not try to harm me. So I want (laughs) to deflect so so they can't. Are you living in a bad part of Dallas right now? It's, it's horrible. No, it's just how it's not. It's not. It's, I don't know. Well, you know, it's all my, my robbery and muggings and stuff in the past that make me very on edge still. Like, when yeah. I'm out, and it and I'm always out when it's dark, and I'm always, like, very aware of my surroundings. So Bringing people back to life seems like a lot of work. And I don't want to. I, I've been with every single grandparent as they died. It's nothing pretty about it. Uh, you're waiting around for your loved ones to die. And then they finally do. It is not pretty. There's nothing great or awesome about it. And I, you know, I just kind of feel like if it's your time, it's your time. Whether you're a two-year-old child, uh, you're a, a president. I mean... It, yeah, and, that, and that's what we kind of see with Kyle's character. Uh, poor love. He is so messed up. Oh, I love him so Why? much. <laughs> this is a very serious question that we both need to ask ourselves. Why does every show we watch have incest in it? Right? I, at first I was like, what the hell are you talking about? But you're right. You're totally What's right. What's wrong with us that every show we're like, hey, binge watch this. There's always incest in it. I don't know. 
I'm worried about us. It's not on purpose. And I actually always forget about that part. Yeah, because you block it out. Just like every other instance of incest. Like I have on my notes one time. I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. And it's not like they could just do it in a passing. It's like, that's not your body. I know what your body looks like. And I'm like, woman, no, go. You didn't have to have that kind of relationship for the mom to notice that. But that actress is in... Um, is in Hotel, which is season five. The best ever. Yes. She plays the she, maid. Oh, I love her in that season. I couldn't stand her in Coven, but in Hotel, she is a great character. And and, and Cult, which I know you hate, she's... I hate Cult. Um, she runs opposite of... I think his name's Kyle in Cult, too, but I'm not 100%. But she runs against Evans Peters' character in that um, as a city council or something not really important so um she she shows up every now and again yeah she she doesn't usually have like main roles like sarah paulson or evan peters but damn i love her in and hotel i just she's so good in her and and hotel was when they because jessica lang was gone when that came out i was like it's okay i don't really get the lady gaga stuff whatever and then when it came on netflix i watched it again and besides Evan's character, which I love more than life itself, it took me a couple of watchings to be like, oh, God, now I love it. And now it's like one of my favorites. Yeah, and it, that's, that's, yeah, that happens to me with a lot of shows. That's how I was with Walking Dead. Um, I couldn't get through the first episode. Forever. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure that I liked it. Um, and then, you know, I was, I was all in and now I'm all out. Like, I'm, I'm so done with For real. I'm so glad I got out before they killed off What's-His-Face <sighs> that I can't even stand it, so... Well, let's not spoil it for everybody else. <laughs> the five the five people that are still watching that show, yes. Yeah, so Misty Day's power is that she can bring people back to life. She packs them in mud sometimes. Other times she can just blow on their face and then they wake up again. This is um, like the kiss of life, I think. I guess, sort of like the opposite of a Dementor, maybe. <laughs> she should have had chocolate with her, is all I'm saying. Well, she has a healing power, which is why they kept calling her the White Witch, which I think is a lot of the witches today, like, or Wiccans, um, I feel like they're, you know, the the idea that the witches are always evil and sitting around sacrificing babies or whatever and, you know, giving themselves to Satan, I think is just so outdated. And I think mainly, and of course, I know no witches, (laughs) but just what I've seen and read, they're... Uh, they're more like the healing and that kind of thing. Yeah, they're not... more about feeling like good vibes. And, yeah, and uh, doing, you know. Being in touch with like the earth, earth and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, they're not sacrificing babies. Yeah, you know what the show, you brought up Satan for a second. Um, let's talk about Satan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they yourself. did a good job in this season with keeping like that part out of it. Yes, uh, thank God. There was uh, an uber-religious mom next door but they kind of kept like like they never made it look like marie laveau or any of the witches in the coven were like satan worshipers or anything i think a lot of people like automatically mm-hmm. uh mix one with the other mm-hmm. so i like i like that they they kept those separate however in apocalypse they do not yes but i uh, also guys if you so if you watched this season and you really liked it the current season of American Horror Story on FX right now, 
these characters come back. Uh, not They don't always do that in seasons where they have... Every now and again, they'll have a character just, like, pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one is, like, a continuing story mm-hmm. of Coven. So if you like this, watch American Horror Story on FX right now. And I feel like they may be close to closing out the series. Because supposedly, you know, all the seasons tie together somehow. Oh, yeah. Maybe this could be the ending. This season, I feel like they, they're throwing in a lot of the other seasons blatantly. Like, here's this. Oh, yeah. And here's that. And I kind mean, of needlessly, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, they did say this is this is part Murder House and part uh, Coven. Those characters are going to be back. But then they've thrown in some other stuff, which I really appreciated. But I kind of feel like... Maybe they're trying to be like, and we're going to move on from this. We're we're going to do ten seasons and we're out, kind of thing. Yeah, so, that's I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. I think because um, I, I think that everything they've produced or have done this far, I really like. Uh, Roanoke was probably my least favorite, but there's parts of that that make me want to watch it over and over and over again. I I really liked Roanoke, um, but I have a fascination with uh, mountain people. Um, they fascinate me. They scare me. I don't ever want to <laughs> go to the mountains and meet a mountain person. Yeah. They, they seem kind of um, frightening. So I was okay with yeah. with Roanoke. So I'm like, yeah, totally. They're already scary. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you about a theory that I have? Which, which one? <laughs> I have a theory that Myrtle Snow, in all her fabulousness, is somehow related to or is an aunt of Cheryl from Riverdale. Yes. Yes. Think about that for a second. Process that for a second. Well, her last name is Snow. Her last name is Snow, Mm. and then we've got the Blossoms. We've got all this fabulous uh, red hair, as fake as it is. That's okay, because other Blossoms wear fake redhead wigs, too. Daddy Blossom has a whole slew of, well, dead. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Very fashionable. Yeah, to the extreme. Enjoys the finer things in life. <laughs> you know what my favorite part of Myrtle is? Is how her glasses are always a little wonky. I feel for her because, man, I've got that crooked nose, too, and my glasses do that, too. But I was like, yeah. love of Jesus. I <laughs> love her, though. She's so over the top. Um, uh, I really wanted her and uh, Jessica Lane to get into a nasty cat fight with hair pulling and stuff just because... They seem to be on the verge of that the whole entire show. The whole time. She has so many great pairs of gloves through the whole show. Listen. Gloves. 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 And again, that's why I'm like, this had to be filmed in like the winter. (laughs) Yeah, because you cannot wear gloves and film here. I mean, after about March, you you would die. You would literally die. Um, the the last episode where she goes to be burned at the stake, I thought was one of the, the better visually looking scenes of the whole show where she's walking through that. I forget what you call those. Like uh, phosphate pits. Yes. Yeah. Which there are no phosphate pits in New Orleans. No, but there there are some um, not too far from where I live. Okay. No, actually, no, 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 no. There's one like five minutes from my house. Oh, okay. I pass pass it on the way to work. Because I even wrote that on there. There's a few things I was like, I, never, never in New Orleans have I ever seen a phosphate pit, seen a lie, uh, a pig carcass 
uh, brought through the quarter. No. Because uh, I show that when they're all um, in the quarter no. at one point. And, and look, everybody everybody always does, like, like one too many things with New Orleans. It's like, <laughs> pull it back a little bit, guys. Like, any time there's, like, a Monday night game here, like a Monday night football game yes. here, Every time they go to cut to a commercial, they show, like, um, like four people standing on the corner playing Zydeco. Yeah. And it's like, you guys, we don't really listen to Zydeco. Like, <laughs> Well, they have it in the quarter. and But even so, even in the quarter, you might see some street musicians. But usually throughout the quarter, it, maybe three spots. Yeah. Maybe. And then in the square, you'll have more of the... Um, the the bands the that's for the tourists yeah like we don't they make it like uh, the one of the things I hate about the NFL is they make it seem like we're just like driving around listening to Zydeco in our mm-hmm. cars and I'm sorry that's just ridiculous but having said that I do love um, the Rebirth Brass Band and Kermit Ruffins More in Life itself I listen to them quite a lot so the jazz player in this show <gasps> the Axe Man. The Axeman is a real murderer from New Orleans. Serial killer? Yeah, he was a serial killer. Um, they mm. never did solve who it was. <laughs> he liter- he really did tell people, I'll stop if you all have jazz music playing mm-hmm. on this like, random Tuesday night. And then he did. Mm-hmm. He never heard from him again. Yep. He killed a lot of, like, grocers. Yes. Was really on the West strange. Bank. Strange. Yeah, yeah, not too far from me. Yeah, yeah. which I thought, because I, and this is where I'm going to put in the reading corner here real quick. There's a book called The Real Axemen of New Orleans, A True Story by Miriam Davis that came out maybe a year ago. It's very comprehensive. It really is a lot of detail. It's a great book, though. Like, because I've always tried to find a book on the Axeman, and they usually is like, historical fiction so it's not really you know i'm saying it's sort of real not yeah it's not what i was looking for but this more entertainment mm -hmm, but this book came out i'm telling you get it on audible or something it's fabulous it's really really good and that's when i found out i knew he'd killed grocers but i had no idea it was mainly in on the west bank yeah that's really strange there's there's one scene where I, I thought, okay, now you've gone too far with him, where Cordelia comes to visit him at his apartment, and the scene starts, he's standing in front of the mirror in his bathroom, playing his saxophone, and I just thought, what the fuck is he doing? He's just, he's just, he's just playing his saxophone to himself in his bathroom, like. <laughs> well, and so, I have a lot of questions about this. Okay, so, as we all know, Jessica Lang, as a most of the season, she's a supreme and she's a royal bitch to everyone. But I heart her more than life itself because she's just she's just fabulous. Like this whole episode, Fiona is my probably favorite Jessica Lane character. I truly, truly love her. But she she ends up having a relationship with the Axe Man who was killed in the coven. Back in yes. the 19-whatever, 1919 whatever or whatever is, yeah. it is. They all kill him in the coven house, and I guess... He becomes a ghost. He becomes a ghost. I don't know what happens to the body. But he becomes a ghost, and he's trapped there, I'm assuming. Because he, yeah. he tells a story to Jessica Lang how he watched her grow up and how he's always been looking out for her and all this stuff. So it makes it seem like he is locked to that position. Yeah. But then next thing you know, he get out. he's, I mean, in the beginning, he's in the French Quarter 
playing a sax, yes. and he has a house or apartment. No, so that's like, the reason what? for that. Zo- Zoe releases him. Yeah. Zoe oh, releases that's him. Yeah, right. she, yeah. That's he he kind right. of puts them in danger, so yes. she releases him from the house. Okay, okay. That makes but again, sense. let's 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 make a quick list of all the characters who were at one point dead and then back to life again oh, in God. the show. Oh Jesus! Um, there's Madison who uh, got her throat slit. Mm-hmm. There's Kyle who died in a, in a bus accident. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, Misty Day who was entombed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Myrtle who apparently was burned at the stake, then was alive again, and then was burned at the stake, and then is alive again in this season. Sure. So is Madison. <laughs> Queenie shot herself in the head. But she uh, didn't really die because she coughed it back up, so. Yeah, so I don't know if she really died. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, Zoe. Yes. Zoe died. Zoe she, died. She, she did not make it through the Seven Wonders. She was brought back to life. Okay. So pretty much everybody but Fiona, who was the one person they were trying to kill the whole time. You killed everybody else in the, in the, in the coven except for Fiona and Cordelia. Well, what? Yeah. But, they suck at being witches. I'm sorry. You killed everybody else but Fiona. But the, and the funny thing was, is almost the whole time she's like, my powers are leaving me because when the new Supreme rises. Oh, God. I got, I got so tired of hearing yeah, that. that she, the, the, the new, when the new Supreme rises, the old Supreme loses, start losing their power. Where apparently Fiona has some sort of cancer and she's dying and she's getting treatment for it and all this stuff so she and she's you know hair's falling out the whole nine yards but yeah like they tried once to kill her and it was more of a trickery thing than actually i don't know poisoning her or 45 million other things she could have done to a 60 year old woman who's has hardly any strength left yeah oh nan nan died too sorry yeah nan died but she didn't come back she didn't come back. well madison actually died twice yeah. She didn't come back the yeah. second time. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, we, we could have killed her off halfway through the show. Or, in the second show, do like an Alfred Hitchcock, kill her 30 minutes into the movie and be done with it. Like, Yeah, because obviously killing, killing a, a character off in the show does not mean that the actor or actress is dead this season because they just come right back. Or really in I any mean, season because they always do all these flashbacks and this, that, and the other. So. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised they didn't kill Stevie Nicks, honestly. She's what she's an old powerful witch and she's not half dying, so maybe that's why they is, couldn't. Is this something I didn't know about? Did people actually call Stevie Nicks a witch? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw it on the Facebook page for this new season. Somebody's like, Why is Stevie Nicks in it? I don't understand everybody's like my age oh, exactly. Because of Misty Day. Well, they're like, She was in Coven and she's everybody says she's a witch and she's like, Really? And I'm, I was like, but I didn't know. But see, I grew up with Fleetwood Mac more than you did. So no, I did. I grew up with Fleetwood Mac. I like Fleetwood Mac. I, all those songs, I knew them all. But you grew up with them when they weren't in their heyday. I grew up with them right. when they were in their heyday, and everything Stevie yeah. did. Um, Stevie Nicks was like a be all end all. And they're coming so here, she like, and they they sold out. Uh, yeah, they they came, they played in New Orleans not too long ago. It sold out too. Um, <sighs> it sold out the arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so was she like goth like back in her day or no, I, I mean she what you see her in now is kind of or in the show is kind of what I remember her wearing the, the small top hat and the kind of 
Victorian looking clothes and then sometimes she would wear like the Shaw thing and kind of hippy dippy so that's <laughs> all I ever really remember her in um, and she's gone through like a fat phase and a skinny phase and I think she was really heavy in the Who coat and, yeah so I mean um, that's why I'm kind of surprised as well as she looks and how uh, I mean in, in all seriousness she probably should be dead because you know when you when you do those yo-yo diets plus you've done all this coke and crap in the past your system's not super strong yeah no the the makeup in this the makeup and the lighting in this show yeah. did did everybody some favors <laughs> i'm gonna say some stuff now that you're not gonna like because i know that you love this season but i've got some problems with it yeah I do, too, after watching it and taking notes. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, I think somewhere around episode nine, the writers um, got drunk. <laughs> or started to write um, while they had a fever and maybe weren't making a ton of sense. Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna read some stuff back to you, mm-hmm. and it literally sounds like... You ever, like, somebody's like, oh, my God, I had the craziest dream. And yes. you're like, what happened? And they start telling you the dream, and you're like, this is not... None of this makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But to the person who had the dream, it makes total, total sense, sense to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stevie mm-hmm. Nix is there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she leaves and then comes back. I'm unclear about that. I'm assuming she does, because that house is full-on batshit crazy. Who knows? Um, at one point, C.B. Nix sings Fiona to sleep. Yes. That's that's a thing that happened. Sure, sure. Uh, th- there's a random baby in the house. Yeah. In a, in a closet. I, I yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what happens there. The bad guy from Mr. Robot and Luke Cage are, uh, the bad guys in yes. this season. Yes, which we'll have to, uh, talk about in a minute here. <laughs> Uh, sometimes Fiona is dying. Sometimes she's banging a jazz ghost. A jazz ghost. <laughs> and from from nine to like from episode nine to twelve, shit just is like, I'm like what is happening right now? Well, and she again, a woman's practically dying. She's got the cancer. She's not expected to live long, and she's in this a very dark, very dirty um, apartment. I'm assuming. I'm assuming in the quarter. I really don't know that, but I don't know. It, it 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 definitely looks like some apartment in places I've seen in the quarter. Um, and I'm thinking like, and she's smoking like uh, constantly. she smokes like a chimney stack. Oh my god! Constantly, and I'm like, how she's are like, you not oh, dead? I'm dying of cancer because the next supreme is coming to power. It's like, no, bitch, you're dying of cancer because you're like supporting Marlboro like by yourself. <laughs> but I do have to say the little cigarette thing she has where she pulls it up and there's like the fan of cigarettes. I'm like, that's so cool. Not that Super I smoke, cool. but I do. Kind of, <laughs> I kind of want it in my house, but not with cigarettes. Put the candy cigarettes in. Those are the kind of things that let you know that smokers, as as an ex-smoker, we do think we're cool. Yeah, oh, totally. Right? We do. Oh, we totally. Do. The whole time she thinks she's... I'm expecting her to, like, roll her own, actually, at some part. Uh, Myrtle, at one point, smokes a bright yellow cigarette. And a red one, when they're doing yeah. the Seven Wonders. Hmm. Um, but maybe that's a clove cigarette? Maybe I... Myrtle, Myrtle would smoke a clove cigarette. Yeah, she's, a, she's very emo. 
She's playing that like star, the thing like Sheldon Cooper plays, <laughs> and, and it's in Star Trek. The woo, 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 woo. Oh, that thing! <laughs> yeah, that's the theme song. Yeah, that's what the theme song to Star Trek is made out. Well, of. and Sheldon Cooper plays it. One she's time. not emo. She's hipster. Mm. Yeah, she's very hipster. Can you be yes. a hipster if you live through that generation you're trying to be hipster of? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Myrtle is her own fabulousness. She really is. Um, do you have anything else? Um, yeah. Okay. I have to well, talk. We're, hit, we're hitting the one hour mark. So. I know. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speed it up here. We have no, to. No, no, no. You don't have to speed it up. I'll just edit a bunch of stuff out. Yeah. You're, you're very cruel. Um, <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about the councils for a minute. So okay. is it Queenie that goes missing or Madison or both? I can't remember. Madison goes missing. Yeah. Nan summons the council. Yes. Which is apparently the worst thing you can ever do. Um, and I believe at that time, Myrtle was still in the council. The first time yes. it shows up. So it's Myrtle, I can't remember the other lady's name, and Beverly Leslie from Will and Grace. With, I think his name is like Leslie Jordan or something. I love him so much. He's a good character in Roanoke. Yes. But I just love him. I, I, so anyway, so they show up. And they go through all these questions, and then Fiona frames Myrtle, so she um, is the one that threw acid in um, Cordelia's Cordelia's eyes. eyes. And she uses Queenie to stick her hand in acid so it shows up on Myrtle, and they burn her at the stake. But they're all like, you know, it's supposed to be a council, and in my head I'm like, they're supposed to be very, like, regimented and this, that, and the other, but they're kind of like, oh, obviously she did it. Burn her. (laughs) Just because... You know, and I'm like, how do you not know that Fiona is a, a horrible person? Like, y'all all kind of came up together. You should know she will do anything to eliminate her enemies. But y'all kind of like, well, that's proof positive, even though you know you have a human voodoo in the house. Right, guys. Don't we have, like, a truth serum spell here? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have solved a lot of our problems. Or that. Did we ever find out if uh, Myrtle had an alibi? Maybe she was with the other two people on the council at the time. They just went straight to burn them. Burn the witch. Burn the witch. So I really had questions with that. But then, so Cordelia's blind. Um, She gets the second sight power where she touches people and she can see flashes of what's going on. um, Which includes her horrible husband. Oh, God, I don't even want to talk about Hank. Yeah. He's the worst. He's just the worst. He's a witch hunter, and he gets his, what he deserves, I hate and him. he's done. I hate him. But he, um, so she's blind. She can't see. She's got this, you know, stuff. And so Myrtle is like, I'm going to evaluate the, the two members of the council back over, because now she's been brought back to life by Misty Day. And they bring her over, and they're like, we're so sorry. And she's serving him, like, a brunch-type setting, yeah. And next thing you know, they're paralyzed from sore sort of a potion. potion, and they can't move, and she scoops out their eyes with a melon baller, which completely freaks me out. That was one of my favorite lines. She says to them, oh, I bet you thought, look at Myrtle, she's getting <laughs> so lazy in her old age, it's so she forgetful. forgot to remove the melon baller. And part of that, too, that whole scene reminds me of, like, a Scooby-Doo episode or any kind of James Bond or anything. Let me tell you what's all going to happen here. Let me spread yep. this out. And I was like, 
Paralyze them, she's taking their eyeballs out. Done. Okay, move on. Yeah. But it's a fabulous episode, uh, scene. Yes. I also want to quote some of my favorite lines in this. Okay. Which is, when Fiona kills Madison because she thinks she's the next Supreme, she slits her throat. Which is what Fiona did to the um, Supreme when she was coming up. She slit her throat. And I forgot his name. The guy, the butler, the butler yeah. who cleans it up. Um, Spalding. I even had to write it down. Um, it's constantly... Not to be not to be confused with Smithers. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're two different people. He's younger. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Madison's bleeding out on the rug, and he rolls her up, and she says, Fiona says, this coven does not need a new Supreme. It needs a new rug. Oh, she's so fabulous. It's <laughs> like, that's the best scene ever. And they roll poor Madison up, and she has, like, these very glittery sparkly uh hooker shoes on as she's rolling her up as they're rolling her up and i'm like that i don't know that whole scene i love yeah and then when madison comes back when they're trying to uh trick fiona into thinking that she needs to die and so all these ghosts are coming back to haunt her and she's like um surprise bitch i thought you'd seen the last of me and i think she uses that a few times yeah, she says that a few times throughout the whole series, like in other seasons and stuff, too. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I like that. And I also like some of the, um, you know, we've talked a lot about, about the New Orleans scenes. But, you know, they show the kids getting tattoos at Tattoo A Go-Go on Magazine, which is a real place. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have gotten two or three tattoos there. And the house, this is the thing I wanted to tell you. So the house that Kyle lived in with his mom, I think I used to live by on uh, Valmont off of Chapatulis in uptown New Orleans. Oh, cool. Because as you notice, there's not really a lot around it. It's kind of like a house and kind of like a little bit of a field around it. Um, yeah. And you know, in New Orleans, people probably know this, but the houses, especially uptown, are very close together. That's how they used to build them. So there's not a lot of space in between houses. Um, But this house on the street I used to live on after Katrina when we came back, there was like, we were half of a shotgun. And then there was another house. And there was this house. And it was old and run down. It had like that wonky fence around it. But it was on like like this huge piece of land. And it's just odd for uptown. Um, But somebody fixed it up. Right oh. about the time we were moving to Chapatulas. So I wonder, I have to go back and look at the dates, but I wonder if that's who bought it or who at least, you know, fixed it up and everything. Uh, Yeah, that's, I mean, I guess, yeah, that, that could definitely be what it was. Because, you know. Yeah, that's, that's cool. When the real house, uh, not the real housewife, when real world came to New Orleans, they fixed up that one mansion on St. Charles. They bought it, fixed it up, and then sold it. Um. Yeah, and for a while, and this and this might have been around the same time that they decided to do this storyline, New Orleans was being called, you know, Soho, Southern Hollywood, because mm-hmm. we were practically letting people film here for free. With the so, tax incentives and things. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of that going on. A lot of houses uh, were being renovated and used just solely for filming and production and stuff like that. So, yeah, that totally could have been what happened. Well, and and true, again, this is like not too long after Katrina. I'm actually trying to look up the dates now. 
Um, and there was a big resurgence in New Orleans. I think a lot of places were trying to help us out. We were trying to get people to come back and be like, I, we promise the levees won't break again. And um, so there was just a lot of activity around that time when they were filming it. So um, I was kind of glad they, they did that when they did. I think it captures a good time in New Orleans. Um, yeah, we, we were on the up and up then. First episode was um, 2011, so they probably filmed in yeah. 2010, so that would have been too That's long. right about that time, mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyways. Uh, do you want to do Obsession Session? Yes! <laughs> okay, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? No, I want you to go first, because I have two. Okay. Um, I don't... I don't have two this, this week. Um, this week, I binge-watched season two of Big Mouth. <gasps> On Netflix. That was my obsession session. Oh, man, I always steal your obsession session. That's why I wanted you to go first, because I was like, if she but says Big Mouth, I'm going to cry. That's why we do this show, because you and me always end up binge-watching the same shows at the same time. And we're like, not... We have very much the same taste. We're not even close in age. Like, this whole thing does not make sense. I know, it does. Our entire relationship, it just doesn't make any <laughs> I'm sense. I'm like 15 years older than her, but we watch the same show. No, that's not true, but I, I have friends who have they have this same relationship. They have a Lisa. That's okay. Yes, they have a Lisa, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I met a friend, and she's like, oh, you have a Debbie. And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, yeah, Big Mouth Season 2. Uh, this show is not for everybody. I'm not going to recommend it for everybody. It's dirty. It's hilarious. But... It's so it's a, it's about um, it's a cartoon and it's got some really great comedians in it. I can't think of any of their names right now unless you know them. Um, I'd have to Google it. So yeah, I can't think of any of their names, but they're all great comedians. Ugh. Um, and they voice these these cartoon characters who are around I guess thirteen, fourteen, so right around when hormones are kicking in. Mm-hmm. And it, it's about it's about that. It's about you know that that age when you're like, what is happening yes. to me? Yes. Uh, it's just very, it's a very sweet show. It's very sincere, but it is, it is dirty. So if you're not okay with bodily functions, don't watch the show. Yes. If you find those things funny, <laughs> like I do, yes, watch yes. the show. It's great. This show is, I mean, it, it's just, I, I, I need a show sometimes where I can just watch it, not really pay attention. I, I need like light and fluffy, like an office or something. And yeah, to kind of balance it out from, like, the other stuff. Yeah, the other stuff we watch or read or podcasts and different things. So I'm like, light and fluffy, go. It's very funny. It's laugh out loud funny. Laugh. I mean, some of the stuff you're like, oh, my God. And some of it, you, it, and everybody can relate to it is what I like. Oh, not everything. You don't relate to everything, but there is at least something yeah. that you're like, yep, yep. <gasps> Well, I remember that. Well, uh, so I we had both watched the first season, you and I, and we were talking about yeah. this the other day, and I watched it uh, without my boyfriend. And when season two came out, I was like, I really want to watch this show, but you need to watch the first season yeah. to kind of get involved in all this. So let me know if you like it. And if not, then I know I can watch it without you. And so we started um, watching it and the first season again, and I'm dying. I'm on the floor. And at first he's kind of like, hee hee. But then as it goes on, um, he loves it. I mean, loves it and is laughing along with it and, and things. And then we get to the episode in season one where one of the boys gets a pillow pregnant. Yeah. And it's a very bizarre episode, and I yeah. thought I lost him on that. 
but he yeah. was like, it was kind of bizarre, but he was willing to keep going. So yeah, um, it's not. Look, guys, it's it's a cartoon. So it's like, not, not for everybody. All of it is is um, super based in reality, but but it's some a of this super cute show. I mean, like once uh, I think in the first season, one of the girls wears white shorts to go on a field trip, and of course you're like, oh, uh, she's gonna get her first period because that's how you know it almost always happens for people, yeah. or it seems to, you know, things like that. Or like a one girl, I think it's in the second season, she has developed uh, breast weight earlier Faster. than anybody else. Yeah. And there's every everybody, I don't care who you are, you had that girl in your school. Yep. My, my, one of my best friends, it happened to her in middle school. Yeah. And then, the, and then there's me who's like, you know, still waiting for that to happen. <laughs> yes. And so that's another, there's another character who's flat-chested and she's trying to um, accept herself for the way that she looks right now. But I do like it in the fact that it is very kind of in a roundabout way. It has some really good advice. I it has think. good messages. Good messages. Um, if it wasn't so dirty, <laughs> it would be a good show for for kids around that age to watch. Yeah. But it's not appropriate for them. But it has really good messages in it. It does. You know, about, about loving yourself and, you know, feeling guilt and shame about, about different things going on at that age. So mm-hmm. it's a good show. Um, yeah, I started watching that because I had to quit watching Ozark. Yes. <laughs> I had heard great things about Ozark. Uh, season two had just come out, so I was like, let me give this mm-hmm. a shot because people swear this is a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, I got through the first season, and I kept having bad dreams. I dreamt <laughs> one night that a Mexican cartel cut off my ring finger. <laughs> Um, so I was like, well, I'm done with this show. I'm not going to be finishing that. I'm not going to be binge watching it. It gave me bad dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even think it was that good. It was kind of boring. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I tried. I think we watched one or two episodes and we were both like. Kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I no. just, I didn't get it. So whatever. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Okay. Well that, well now I, I'm going to name two other um, obsessions or at least one other one. You have to, like, come with backups. I always come with backups because I know we're going to say the same thing. My obsession session this week is um, I've done two painting classes, which is like a painting with a twist or they have different names where you go with a bunch of friends. You can drink wine. Some places you can bring it. Some places you have to buy it there. And you paint. And they have different, you know, themes and stuff. And they're like 25 to $45. And I did one last weekend with the local um my favorite murder murderinos chapter and it went to in the backlog i think and then we raised like four hundred dollars awesome. the lady that runs this shop is wait a, a second mm-hmm. tell people a little bit about the backlog if they don't know about it i don't know that much about it <laughs> i think it goes to in like the dna backlog right right so okay. so by by ending the backlog um, there are lots of rape kits. Um, so yes. when a woman is raped mm-hmm. and she goes to the hospital, they do a lot of like um, uh, Q-tip samples, stuff like that. They end up going in a bag as evidence, and then they get locked up into an evidence room and are never tested because 
a lot of times those counties or parishes don't have enough money mm-hmm. to test them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might literally have such a backlog where they can only process so many a month because that's all that their budget allows. Mm-hmm. So so for what you did, where the money went to ending the backlog, is that you turned some money mm-hmm. over to have some rate kits uh, processed mm-hmm. so that um, some, um, some evidence can be used against uh, a criminal. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, but I went, I didn't want to be like, it's about uh, these rape kits that have been sitting yeah. with samples in it and sound like a complete idiot, but I did anyway, so. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure I didn't explain it well either, so. The, uh, the My Favorite Murder community, they do a lot of uh, local group activities, and usually it's to raise money and to hang out with people like you, so it's fun. I met some really... Um, great ladies uh there that we ended up hanging out a little bit afterwards and and had a good time so that was the first one i did and then i did one this weekend with some co-workers and it was a nightmare before christmas kind of fall theme and even though mine i have uh, a very heavy hand and i'm very off the charts and i don't color in the lines i really had a good time um, I had fun. I kind of just like, ah, screwed up. Oh, well. And just kind of moved on. It was fun. Like, I, they have a, a blacklight class where you can paint cool. like that. Yeah. And they have one coming up, I think, right before Thanksgiving that I'm like, sold. I want to do it. It's $29. Yeah. It's like a Sunday from like 2 to 4 or 2 to 5 or whatever. And so much fun. Um, nice. And they have a whole blacklight room. So it's a different room than the main studio. Yeah. And I'm like, and they have all their paintings up. And I walked in, I'm like, ooh. Of course, I don't have black light. But I still think I would like it. So I kind of want to do the um, Miss Congeniality and like splatter it all over myself, you know, so you can see it in the black light. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's my one obsession. And the other is I... um, I got on this weird kick, and I, I kind of know why, but I don't want to say, where I'm listening to and reading a lot of books on feminism. And one of the books I just finished was called Feminasty by Erin Gibson, who I think has a podcast. Um, it's really funny. She tells you things that I, as I would say, a lifelong feminist, didn't know. Okay. And one of them was like talking about Rosie the Riveter, how she was a great person and did all this, but yet she did stuff that went against um, feminists later on in life. So it's one of those things where it's kind of smashing your idols in some way, but it's a little bit, but it's still, I mean, it's not everybody. Yeah. But it's really funny. The way she sells it is just really like sassy and I don't know. It's just really funny. And then she recommended another book about periods gone public, which, yeah, which is about uh, all kinds of different topics about, obviously, periods, uh, women's periods and all that and how um, we're we're taxed on tampons and different feminine hygiene products because they're considered a luxury good and not like a health item. So, I don't understand that. Are you telling me that I pay more taxes for tampons yes. than I do on toilet paper? You would pay more taxes on uh, feminine products like tampons or pads or whatever than men pay on, like, condoms, I think. Or aspirin or whatever. Because it's a huh. different classification. They can classify stuff 
and they have, I think, some different taxes. So, like, your food tax is different than household oh. tax and things mm-hmm. like that. If you notice on your receipts, sometimes you'll see if you go to, like, Target or something. But we're taxed more on tampons because mm-hmm. it's considered a luxury good. Yeah, something that should probably cost five cents a piece. For real. Yeah. Um, and some of the other countries, I think Britain was one of them, where the women were like, nuts to this. This has gone on far too long, and we're not doing it anymore, and y'all need to repeal yeah. this tax. And I think some states around the nation have repealed it, but not enough. So, anyways, yeah. it's a pretty interesting book. I'm only about halfway through it, so... Anyways, those yeah, that's that sounds really interesting. I might actually read that. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my husband earlier this week, and he he said he was watching the news, and I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but he said something along the line where they were. He said the newscaster was like, "Women need to start talking about their periods more," and he was like, "No, no, they don't." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I mean, well, and this is what's her thing is like everybody uh, the feminasty book that." recommended it and talked about different women issues she's like every woman has it everybody's gonna have it everybody goes through it it's it's a part of life it's like talking about male impotency or um you know just any kind of thing that happens but because it's women and it does it shouldn't be talked about and it should be kept secret that um she talks about how she had these um mind-numbingly horrible and bed for days periods but nobody uh period cramps but nobody could tell her how to fix it like yeah. so finally one of i think your gynecologist is like here's some pain pills and they never really addressed it again yeah. because they do not uh, really doctors just don't know how to deal with uh period issues women or men doctors they're not taught it they're not taught like maybe have them try yoga or have them try this or try this medicine change your diet a little bit nothing like they're just like i don't know sucks to be you and then some of them will eventually give you pain pills and that's about it so um anyways well let's end on that that's (laughs) it falls into the coven it's very women empowering i don't know yeah 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 um okay well guys if there's anything that you want us to binge watch with you um or you can binge watch with us you can email us at binge watch with us at gmail com. You can follow us at binge watch with us. All one word, all lowercase. Yes, yes, yes. On Instagram, on Instagram. Um, we're going to be getting a Facebook page. Hopefully, um, all that is going to go super active as soon as we get approved by iTunes. Yeah. Um, it's really a pain in the ass to deal with iTunes right now. Yeah. So yeah. So. Um, next week we're watching, uh, Lore, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. The new season, the second season of Lore starts, uh, October 19th. I'm excited about this because this is going to be the first show that we do that I have not previously watched this show. So this is all going to be new to me. This is going to be like, like a, uh, a genuine binge watch for me. Yes. Yes. So hopefully I'll like it because if I don't, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. <laughs> well, you'll tell me. I guess me. I'm just going to have to muscle through it. Yeah. Or you'll tell me right through like, hey, I hate it and I don't think we should do it. And then we'll be like, okay, American season, season four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to have to go back and edit like five podcasts to take out us talking about how we're going to do lore. So. <laughs> or we can do it and you can be like, I don't know, the whole thing sucks. And I can be like, well, this is what they talked about. And I thought this was yeah. fascinating because of why. And. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So again, guys, um, Lore is a is a podcast um, where every two weeks he does an episode on some kind of um, 
supernatural sort of thing. Sometimes it's witches. Sometimes it's haunted houses. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's weird rainfall where, like, frogs fall from the sky, (laughs) stuff like that. Uh, Just, like, the weird stuff. So um, that turned into a show on Amazon Prime. So um, that's it, guys. Yes. Thanks for listening. And go binge watch Lore with us, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.